Welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be talking with your favorite LGBTQ authors. So this is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is the award-winning author, Cindy Rizzo. Hi, Cindy. Hi. How are you? I am great and really glad to be here. Great. Cindy, I have to tell you, you're my first. So and just for the listeners, Cindy has a shocked look on her, on her face. <laughs> she is my first in-person live interview. Um, so usually I do this from afar and, and we, you know, use a platform like Zoom or, Zoom or Skype to communicate. Um, but I am here with Cindy at the uh, Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Center in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where Cindy is going to be doing a live reading from her new book called The Paper Cutter in about an hour. Um, and she has so generously agreed to uh, talk with me beforehand. So thank you, Cindy, for being with us today. I appreciate it. Well, I'm really happy to be doing this with you. So, um, so Cindy, let's just jump right in and talk about The Paper Cutter. Um, this is a new book that, um, is it out for public consumption? Yeah, it was released by Bella Books in the middle of June. Uh, it's available through Bella on Amazon and all the other places where people buy books, both in ebook form and on paperback. Uh, so people can go on anywhere and buy it. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. The Paper Cutter is the first book in a trilogy called The Split. And it takes place when the first generation comes of age after the United States has split into two countries. Uh, the God-fearing states, which are, is the more conservative or red part of the country, and the United Progressive Regions, which is the blue part of the country, uh, although broken up into two areas, so uh, which are the regions. And uh, it's a book that was is narrated by three three teenagers, all of whom are seventeen when the book opens. Two of them live in um, Cincinnati, which is part of the God fearing states. And one lives in Columbus, Ohio, which is part of the United Progressive Regions. All of them are Jewish. The two living in Cincinnati are Orthodox Jews living in a community uh, of Orthodox Jews. And the, the other one is more of a secular uh, Jewish teenager who came of age knowing she was Jewish but without much religion. And uh, there are two girls and one boy. The boy, Jeffrey becomes the pen pal of the girl in uh, Columbus, Danny. And so they become connected through this pen pal program uh, that is trying to really bridge the divide between the two countries among Jewish teenagers. And he also, Jeffrey, befriends Judith Braverman, who is the paper cutter at the title of the book. She's an artist uh, using the ancient craft of Jewish paper cutting. Uh, and uh, they meet at an event that's held in their community, and they're both kind of wallflowers and not interested in what's going on between boys and girls in their community. And so they are on the side, and they end up meeting each other that way. And can you tell us what a paper cutter is? Yeah. Paper cuts are an ancient... Um, 
craft form. And it's basically cutting into paper to make beautiful designs and pictures. In Jewish paper cuts, it's usually some scene from the Bible or some depiction of uh, the city of Jerusalem or some kind of uh, institution or building or uh, setting that uh, people would understand and know. Uh, but um, paper cutting is really a craft that goes beyond the Jewish community, and many, many artisans use it. And you use different colors of paper in the backing and in the front, and the cuts are really precise. The people who do this well, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you're right. I um, was at a an artisan's fair uh, a couple years ago, and um, a Pennsylvania Dutch woman was doing paper cutting. Um, she, of course, had a Pennsylvania Dutch name for it, but um, we ended up uh, buying one of her pieces, and, and we have it hanging in our living room. It's just, it's awesome. It's amazing. And I um, I can't believe someone has the um, <laughs> patience to do something like that because it really, uh, it takes a, a delicate hand. Uh, yes, definitely. Judith... Um is just enamored with the art form in the book. And she recalls that when she was in kindergarten, uh, an artist came who did paper cuts and explained to them that uh, in medieval times, a rabbi wanted to write using pen and ink and his inkwell froze. So he started writing by cutting into the paper. And that's where the origin of paper cuts began. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I like that yeah. story. Great, yeah. great. So this sounds like an amazing book. Um, and um, it sounds a little bit reflective of what has been going on in our own society in the United States, right, over the last four or five years with the, the great division, I'll say, between red and blue states. Um, did you... Did you intend for that to happen? Was that intentional? Yeah, it was something that was on my mind a lot as I thought about it. Uh, reading all kinds of articles about polarization. There's a book called The Great Sort about how people have moved into these different states and made them even more uh, sort of, you know, mono societies of people who think alike. And uh, there's just a lot of information uh, out there. I just saw a public opinion poll that 51% of Trump voters favored the country splitting into two. And it was only a little around 40% of Biden voters felt the same way. So there's a lot of feeling in the country about whether we can stay together or not. Yeah, you know... um I was just talking two days ago with C.F. Frizzell, um, the author, mm -hmm. and she, her latest book is about, um, takes place in Gettysburg and has a lot to do with the split between the North and the South, which this kind of reminds me of, right? And, right? and we were actually talking about the same thing, how that, um, that same split is kind of happening today. And, you know, uh, probably two years ago, I thought that maybe we would have had another civil war um, just with the way things were going. Yeah, no, it's still very serious as an issue. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. So um, you have, this is not your first book uh, by any means, right? Uh, no, it's the fourth. Okay. So your debut book, <laughs> right, was Exception to the Rule. And 
out of the starting gate, you won a Goldie, <laughs> right? Um, and right. for our listeners, that's uh, the Golden Crown Literary Society. Um, a Goldie is kind of like an Oscar. Um, and um, how did that impact your writing to have your debut novel win such a, a great award? It was my first conference that the Golden Crown Literary Society holds every year, and it was the first time I went, and my book had come out that year, and so it was up for this award. Uh, it was a finalist, and I had no idea whether it would win or not, but when it did, it I remember walking around after, like, I was, you know, walking 10 feet off the ground. It was just amazing. I'll bet. And, yeah, and it did make me feel like I could keep doing this. Uh, uh, it's never easy starting a new book. You don't feel like you've, you know, I've done this before, so it'll be easy, but it never is. You're always <laughs> sort of struggling in one way or another, but it did feel good. And it did feel like I could, you know, that this was something that people appreciated and I should continue. So can you tell us a little bit about what Exception to the Rule was about? Yeah, Exception to the Rule is a, um, what they call a new adult romance. New adult is an older version of young adult. So young adult goes up to about senior in high school and new adult covers usually college age into the mid 20s. Uh, when people are in a stage of life where they're trying to figure out some things about where they're going, wh what they're going to do and all of that. And exception to the rule takes place in a college in Massachusetts. And uh, there are um, two main characters, Tracy and Robin. They come from very different backgrounds. Tracy's from the South, and she's attending this school because her father went there and really wanted her to go. And she's not happy being there. Uh, she's also incredibly closeted. She's always had little uh, affairs with women throughout her high school time, but nobody knew except a couple of gay friends uh, that she had gay male friends. So she goes thinking that that's how things will unfold, that she'll keep doing these little clandestine trip, trysts and, uh, and outwardly act like she's straight. Robin comes from New York, from Long Island, but has spent a lot of time in New York City uh, hanging around with a group of kids who were homeless and she absorbs their different stories and she is a writer and she's accepted into a new program at this same college, uh, which is a creative writing program. And she's incredibly talented and she's very brusque and, you know, she figures out right away that Tracy is gay and just is sort of fed up with this idea that she would be in the closet. So it's really about the two of them and how they sort of dance around each other for quite a long time until something actually happens between them. And it's a lot about their growth at that age and uh, how coming together really helps uh, them both grow. Yeah, it sounds like they couldn't be two more different people, right? That's that, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, great. That's yeah. great. That's uh, an interesting term you used, new adult. I had not heard that before. Um, in my world, we call that transitional age youth. <laughs> um, it's like uh, up to the age of like 26 or something. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's a, it's about that same age group. Okay, that's great. I like that term, new adult. Uh, yeah. So, um, so before um, exception to the rule, um, did you have any other published works? I work. I was in a writing group. I used to live in Boston, and I was in a writing group with a few other women, and we actually put together an anthology. 
uh, way back in the mid '90s called "All All the Ways Home," and I had a story in there uh, called "Herring Cove," named after the beach at mm. Provincetown, uh, and it was written from the point of view of the teenage son of a lesbian couple. So at the time, there was no place for it. I couldn't send it to, you know, lesbian or feminist publications. Like, it really wasn't fit for gay public. I didn't know where what to do with it. So we built this anthology around it. And, uh, and there were other folks that submitted stories, and it was published by uh, a press that was around at the time called New Victoria. So I was sort of an editor and a writer in that one. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I can't imagine who would publish that book, but I think back then, yeah, probably right. no one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Like, what, what a a nice treat for a writing group to have, right? Uh, a book published. It was so much more work than any of us thought it would be. Really? <laughs> uh, yes. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. So, so typically, how long does it take you to write a book from beginning to end? You know, it really depends. I'm, I have a full-time job, and it's a pretty uh, busy one. And uh, so it's very much fits and starts. So to write the paper cutter, I got sort of a third of the way through, and then I went to a retreat center in western Massachusetts for a week when I just wrote. And it got me through that middle third of the book. Once I'm back at that point, I can move quickly through the last third. It's always that middle third that it's gets you, right? It's always the middle third. And, uh, but I had no other distractions at all that week. And that was really, really good. Uh, similarly, with I'm writing the second of the trilogy, of the split trilogy now, called The Border Crosser. And I'm just about at that two-thirds mark. And I spent some time... Uh, on, fi on Fire Island uh, in August and September getting through more of it. So I have, I have more to go. I'm also in a writing group again. It's an online writing group. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to try and pull through and finish it so we can get book two out because a number of people are asking for it. That's great. Um, so you, you mentioned the split trilogy. So the paper cutter is actually part of this trilogy. That's correct. And, and, where did the name the split trilogy come from? The split is the United States splitting into two countries. Okay. So that's what it's referred to by people in both countries. They call it, you know, before the split or after the split is how they think about it. Uh, and I really had to think about, like, what would cause the split, you know, uh, how would that come about? Yeah. And uh, actually, the reading I'm doing a little later explains that because Judith is in a history class where they have to answer some questions about what they knew about the history of how their country got started. Uh, but basically, it became the the country became ungovernable. Wow. Yeah. And how how did you choose Ohio as your state? Um, where your characters are living? At the time, which is a little less so today, Ohio was very purple. Uh, and in some ways it still is. I mean, the northern part of Ohio is a little bit more reliably blue, and the southern part of Ohio is a little bit more reliably red. It's right next to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I decided that every state would go to one of the two countries except Ohio, and it will get split down the middle. Uh, and so my characters live in South Ohio and North Ohio. How about that? And 
and northern Ohio is blue because everyone knows Cleveland rocks. Right. <laughs> Cleveland, Columbus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, those are blue cities. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my buddies in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I actually, um, I'm from Ohio, so. Uh, oh, is that so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is as well. Is she grew she? up in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm from uh, from Lima, which is just north of Dayton. Ah, so, yeah, okay. Yeah, I went to UD. Uh, oh, so, oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's great. A lot of my uh, college friends are from Cleveland, so. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a small world. Um, so how did you become involved in this whole LGBT TQ plus world of writing and literature. I I have a my bookshelves at home are incredibly well ordered and most of them consist of what you would call lesbian fiction uh, from the seventies eighties into the early nineties sort of the Nyad Press days. Um, uh, Persephone Press, a whole bunch of different uh, publishing companies that were uh, women-owned. I have the very first issue of um, Ruby for Jungle that came out from Daughters, Inc. So that's everything that I have from that era. And then I thought it had all sort of dried up. So that's when I read a lot of literary fiction. And... um, into the 90s and the early 2000s. And then all of a sudden, I came across all this new, what they called lesfic at the time. Now we call it sapphic or women-loving women fiction. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the time, the word lesfic, and I was like, what's this? And, And that's how I stumbled on the Golden Crown Literary Society. And I started reading these romances. And I had the first... I don't know, 20, 25 pages of exception to the rule in a drawer in notebooks in longhand. And it was originally about these three girls in college. They were all already out as lesbians. It wasn't a coming out book. And I didn't, I had never known what to do with it. And then I realized this book can be a romance. And that's when I sort of grabbed hold of it, wherever it was in a drawer somewhere and made it into uh, the book that it became. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Really. I got to tell you, uh, I interviewed Barbara Wilson uh, a couple uh, months I ago. Have her books. Yeah, I know. I um, I think we had parallel reading lives because <laughs> I used to read all those. Then kind of like I was like, where did everybody go? Yeah. And then they just kind of popped back up. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Murder in the Collective. I oh, have. yeah. And, oh, yeah. No, she's amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I was amazed that... Uh, I got to talk to her. Yeah, and I'm glad she's come back out and started, you know, publishing again. It's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, um, so a lot of us, right, have um, people in our lives who support what we do. They're our cheerleaders, right? So who is your biggest cheerleader and and why would you say that well I guess it would have to be my wife Jennifer that's awesome good yay Jennifer she, you know it's funny because she doesn't read fiction as a rule uh she reads nonfiction and memoir uh mostly but I'm she's always saying to me that she wants me to read aloud she likes me to read aloud to her from my books yeah so I'll get to a certain point and she'll say well why don't you read what you have so far and I'll read it to her and she's very good about telling me that's really good or no you need to change that or you know that character 
don't make that character so mean or whatever it is that she's telling me at the time. That's She's great. usually right, which is, you know, always I kind of tussle with her a little and then I realize, oh, she was right. I better do that. So That's uh, nice to get that kind of really true and accurate <laughs> feedback right? yeah no it's very true for someone who doesn't li like fiction or read a lot of fiction it's amazing that she has such great insights yeah. uh and uh and she's also supportive when i go away to write like she never says like why are you away so long you know yeah. it's and my writing group she's very supportive of them and they're very supportive my writing group so i would put them there and i have a few friends that i also uh talk to about this and so i feel like i have a community uh i have uh, you know i have a spouse and i also have a community which is great yeah that's so sweet that you read it aloud to her yeah that's yeah. what she likes that's so awesome that's what i do that's great <laughs> um are you are you familiar with leslie newman oh of course yes so, yeah. um, i i credit her with uh me wooing my wife uh Back in the day, because I, I used to read Leslie's uh, book of poetry to my wife. Oh, that's so uh, lovely. My then girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. She spoke at GCLS a few years ago. Yeah. 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 yeah that's great. Yeah. She's great. So um, what do you think have been some of your biggest barriers in writing? Um, well, one is time because yeah. of working. Okay. Uh, and uh, another one is that I am a very... Uh, clear pantser you know they always talk about plotters and pantsers and you know there are people who make incredible outlines and really um, my friend Claire Ashton uh, who's a, an author has like all these little post-its up in front of her of things that she's you know keeping track of it's amazing when I see that uh, I just don't know what's going to happen until I write it. There's a scene in Exception to the Rule where Tracy uh, and Robin have a little, have this argument and Tracy leaves and she's walking through Cambridge and she's walking into Cambridge, Massachusetts and it's like, where's she going? i sitting there going, where is Tracy going? And then it hits me that she's going to this bar and she's going to meet this guy who's a drag queen and they become friends and he uh is very reassuring to her about what's going to happen between her and robin so i mean that just came to me as i was sitting there at the computer writing it uh so i just you know i'm terrible at this and um now i can get to the point where i can write out some sort of big pieces that i know like the last third of the border crosser which is the second book in the trilogy I kind of know what the big pieces are going to be. Okay. I just have to get there and get through them. So Okay. And do you do like character development before you start a book or is that like just kind of unfold as you it, move It along? really does unfold. Um, you know, it, you know, it's funny because I Jeffrey who's the the boy in the three characters in the paper cutter, I started writing and all of a sudden Jeffrey was just cynical. And he was funny, and he th he was all about food. He became like this major foodie about Jewish food, and he writes to Danny, who's up north, and Danny says, Jeffrey says there's five kinds of kugel. I didn't even know there were five kinds of kugel, you know? So it's all about, like, Jeffrey's always got a plate piled high and everything, <laughs> and, like, you know, I couldn't have sat down and scoped that out. Yeah. That had to come as, as I figured him out as I wrote. Yeah, that's... Uh really clever it really is like that um you know you're 
that imaginative as you go along. Right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, so, um, I, I think I, I mentioned this before the podcast that I'm now in the writing Academy, yeah, right? So, and, great. Um, so, um, Finn Burnett, um, gave us this outline, right? So do you use anything like that? Like, um, she, she goes by like three different acts and in each act, like, um, there are like three components. To I it. have tried all of those. Yeah. I use, um, this online tool called, uh, Myla note, M I L a note. And I can grab, it's, it's almost like post-it notes, but online yeah. and I can grab things. So when I need something, um, I put it in there. So some of it is research that I capture and some of it is, so the plotting, of those big pieces that I was saying before. So that's about as much as I can do, but I cannot sit and try to outline first act, second act, third. I get it. I get that that's important or the hero's journey. I've done them all. I went to a masterclass that Radcliffe did on the hero's journey. That was just incredible. It was so great. And yet, nothing from me <laughs> so I just have to do it the way I do it I guess yeah I um are you like a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person naturally like is I, that how you operate in the world? no I'm a very good planner at oh, work okay <laughs> all right so it's a little unusual then yeah the writing it's just a different part of my brain yeah you know yeah. I think that's what it is the yeah. more creative part just comes to me differently um I can write out an evaluation plan or a work plan or anything at work but when it comes to writing yeah. it's just a whole different thing yeah that's great yeah. it's great that you you've been so successful at it you know well thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um who was your current publishing house and and Bella books okay how did you get hooked up with Bella I I pitched the paper cutter at a very early stage uh to Linda Hill, who's the publisher at Bella. And she was so enthusiastic and so excited about it. Uh, even though there was so little that I could say, except this was what I was working for. And uh, she would write to me like every six months and say, did you ever do anything with that book idea that you pitched to us? And I said, yeah, this is where I'm at with it. This is what I'm doing. And I try, I really thought about what to do with the book. Uh, and, um, I did that thing where you pitch agents. Yeah. That, I mean, I could have done that for a whole other year and maybe something would have happened, but you know, the book was done and I didn't feel like I wanted to sit on it that long. Uh, and so I finally thought, I thought to myself, like in my head, tried to write that email to Linda that said, I'm not going to give you the book. And I just couldn't do it. All I kept thinking is, Linda is going to do a great job with this book. I think I need to give it to her. She's Mm. so sweet and wonderful and smart. So I went to Bella, and Bella has an incredible community of of authors. They do. So it's great. Uh, But, you know, I think the communities of all of the publishers of sapphic or women loving women literature they're all really fabulous i have very good feelings about all of them Mm -hmm. but because linda had such such enthusiasm for this book i wanted to give it to bella and and i'm really happy that i did yeah that's great you trusted her yeah Yeah. oh definitely and she trusts me so that's it's very good yeah that's so important because you know your your work 
is like your child. That's right. right. And you're putting it out there for the world to see. So you really have to trust your publishing house and, and everyone involved with it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so do you have a work in progress right now? That's the, the Border Crossing. The Border the Crossing. The second book okay. of the Paper Cutter, yeah, of the Split Trilogy. Okay. And, and when is that due out? Uh, it's not due out at any specific time. <laughs> no pressure. It, yeah, it has to be finished be, to be written and then submitted. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm hoping very soon that I can get to that point okay. where I can say, Linda, I have the second book. Do you want it? You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I'm excited about it. I think it ramps up the, uh, it ramps up the danger a little bit about what's going on in the God-fearing states. And it provides more depth and more nuance uh, than the paper cutter. So I've been really thinking about that. Uh, and uh, yeah. Will it be different characters? Nope. It's the same characters. Same character? There's some new folks that I've introduced. Okay. Uh, and um, But uh, they're still narrated by uh, Judith, Danny, and Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah. And um, is this the first series that you've written? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm. I I think like I've never written a series, but I imagine <laughs> that it's more difficult because you have to do a lot more character development as the series progresses, right? Um, your characters change and grow, and yeah, yeah. I think for me, the paper cutter is a lot about Judith and Judith as the paper cutter. Okay. Judith's growth. The border crosser is a lot about Danny and okay. Danny's growth. And then the third book to be named uh, and to be thought through is will probably focus a lot on Jeffrey okay. um, and I'll, food yeah, and food. Right. <laughs> and some of the seeds that were planted about him in the paper cutter that will come to fruition in the third book. You should put some of his recipes in the book <laughs> <laughs> i know that would be Send a nice culinary bonus school. yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome so you as i mentioned before you're doing a live reading yes very soon um my first for this book is it i've done some online i've yeah. done three or four online but not uh in person wow yeah wow, that's great yeah so um what do you like best about doing these live readings and and do you like meeting readers? And I do. I like reading the book. Okay. I find that to be fun. Um, and, uh, and I like answering questions, just like we're doing now, that people have. Uh, and anything, really, that becomes a discussion. I mean, there's a lot to think about with these books, with this book in particular, yeah. because of the setting and the sort of world building that it's um, based on. And how that relates to where things are at today. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's not as dark as, um, you know, uh, Margaret Atwood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it uh, more along the lines of like a dystopian society or? Yeah, I. You know, I keep resisting the term dystopian for the paper cutter, but I was talking to my friend Ben, who writes science fiction, and I said, I don't really think the paper cutter's dystopian. He said, oh, please, of course it is. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> he said, it's about the country splitting in two. I mean. Yeah. So. yeah. Sounds kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. 
But, you know, look, I just want to say something about that. I mean, yeah. because it's a young adult novel, mm-hmm. um, it, you really can't... It's not just about the political situation or the or the anti-Semitism, which is a lot of what the conflicts are about. It's really also about these kids and what they're going through, not so much about their external situation, but their internal growth, their relationships, their sexuality, um, what this, you know, how they all connect, arguments they have. It's interesting. I read um, somebody unearthed these diaries of uh, teenagers from the 1930s in Poland, Jewish teenagers, that were facing you know, the um, invasion of the Nazis very, very shortly and, and how things were getting worse and worse for them. And all of the diaries were about, like, who was dating who and what was going on and who was jealous and all these teenage things yeah. in the context of this really scary time. Yeah. So it's very important to me that these three teenagers and their friends, that that is also their world yeah. Yeah. in addition to the other stuff that yeah. they have to confront. Yeah, that's so true. And mm. that is such a teenager's life. Yes, like it's definitely. All just encompasses their life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is uh, that is really amazing. I, I hadn't heard about these diaries. Yeah, I just read something about them recently. That's, yeah, that's really neat. amazing. Yeah. I'll have to look for those. Cool. So um, do you have any parting words for our listeners today? <laughs> I guess I would just say I'm very open to having people contact me uh, at Cindy Rizzo on Twitter, um, on Facebook. I'm pre- I'm on my I use my regular name everywhere, okay. so I'm not hard to find. Okay, and uh, you know I just invite everyone to be in touch. Okay, Cindy Rizzo books at Gmail. Is a uh, and uh, I'm really interested in what people think of the book, uh, and uh, I I hope they'll read it and be excited for the second book. Awesome! I'm sure we will be. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> so um, again, we're talking with Cindy Rizzo. I want to thank you for being on the show, and um, Cindy will be doing a reading from her new release called The Paper Cutter, which is available on Bella Books. And I imagine it's available anywhere you purchase your books, um, online or in uh, the brick and mortar store. Um, so uh, we really, I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing your reading tonight. Um, and thank you again, Cindy, so much for, for being with us tonight. It was really a pleasure. Thank and, you. Yeah. So um, that's all the time we have, folks. Um, I'm Anita Kelly, and thanks for joining Liz Talk About Books, baby. So until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks.